Hello and welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Gordon Smith, and this week I'm joined by co-host Jay Shabbat to discuss the fortunes of European budget carrier Ryanair. Hi, Jay. How's it going? I'm good, Gordon. How are you? Doing very, very well. So much to discuss this week. And we had our specially extended episode last week. We can't do that every week. We're going to have to be a lot more disciplined. Uh, but there is just so much news around at the minute. It's earnings week. It's uh, earnings season, I should say. We've got, uh, yep, that's when all the news starts rolling in. We've got, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of airlines reporting. We and non airlines as well, uh, including um, a particular company that happens to be in the news for not so fortunate reasons lately. They're based in and out of uh, the US, per chance. They are, and they uh, they build airplanes. Really, I mean, that, that does narrow it down considerably. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you if you spoke to me forty years ago, I might have had a couple of suggestions for you, but it, it only really leaves one. Uh, yeah, it's Boeing. Uh, so we are recording Wednesday evening my time, Wednesday uh, afternoon with Jay in the US, and uh, yeah, we've we, we've had the call this uh, this morning, this afternoon, depending on where you are, and it was a it was a fairly somber affair. Uh, the Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun said the the company is determined to earn trust back after the blowouts incident uh, at the start of January. Um, but this was not your ordinary analyst's call. I mean, these, are, these are fairly routine happening every quarter, if not more often than that. But it, this one felt different. Um, he said, and I quote, this is, uh, this is Dave Calhoun, we will earn trust back through demonstrated action and a commitment to total transparency. And yeah, this followed up uh, a memo that uh, Boeing circulated amongst employees, but it was later shared online, uh, essentially saying that Boeing is fully focused on the Alaska incident and strengthening its quality control. Calhoun said, we have much to prove to earn our stakeholders' confidence. There is no message or slogan to do that. It will take transparency and demonstrated action. That starts with each of us, along with a commitment to listening to each other and speaking up. Some really, really interesting insights there, Jay. Yeah, very much. And, and I did get a chance to listen to the call just before, uh, quickly, just before um, we started talking here. And uh, yeah, as you said, there was uh, a lot of uh, apologies and, uh, you know, we're here, here's what we're doing to make things better kind of uh, talk. Uh, I'll just throw out one interesting, uh, uh, one interesting fact about the production um, so they, so Boeing is producing uh, 38 a month. Uh, I think I have this correct. 38 per month, uh, 737. So the maxes. They're producing 38 a month, and that was, I believe, above 50 before the pandemic. So you can see, even before all this latest stuff happened with Alaska, uh, they were really producing at a lower rate than a significantly lower rate than rate than they're capable. And they were trying to kind of ramp that up, but then the FAA came in after this Alaska event and basically said, "No, you can you can continue at your 38 rate, but you're not going higher than that." So that's um, that's where they stand. And then just on the 787s, which is their other big product, their twin aisle product, um, they're doing looks like five per month on that. And I want to say, and I'm doing this from memory here, so. Um, Gordon, if you know differently, let me know. But I believe they were about between somewhere between ten and fifteen before the pandemic. So also just producing at a lot 
a lot um, a reduced rate compared to the way they used. And it's not for lack of demand. We know that they just have a, oh, yes. an order book a mile long. It's just for uh, yeah, just just production problems. And, and in fairness, Airbus has you know a lot of production problems as well. So it's a avi- global aviation supply chain issue in a in a in a lot of respects. But of course, Boeing has its own unique problems as well. Indeed, indeed. It's, it was once described to me as the race to be less bad than one another. So it's <laughs> no no one's in a particularly good place, but uh, yeah, less bad. It's a uh, it's a sorry state of affairs in many, many ways. But uh, if you do have a look through that Boeing uh, order book, one name that will appear more often than most is Ryanair. Uh, and we've heard some some earnings out from, from Ryanair, the Irish low-cost carrier this week, Jay. Uh, what was your top line take? Yes, we did. So uh, we're talking, by the way, on Wednesday afternoon. I'm not sure if you mentioned that already, Gordon. Apologize if that's a repeat. But uh, just so everybody knows, it's Wednesday afternoon. That's uh, East uh, New York time. A um, couple hours ahead over where you are in, in Europe, but Ryanair on Monday reported their calendar fourth quarter results. It's October to December. And believe it or not, they lost a little bit of money. But before anybody panics and sells their Ryanair stock, don't uh, no need to do that. It's uh, not giving inv- any inv- investment advice here, but uh, don't panic because uh, it's very, <laughs> very uh, typical for them to uh, to lose money in, in, in some of the winter quarters. Uh, very slim loss, 0.7%, negative 0.7% operating margin. But for the full year 2023, and they, they work on a little bit of a different fiscal year, but I'm just looking at the calendar year 2023, they had a an, uh, an operating margin of 17%. So that's clearly going to rank as one of the most profitable airlines in the world. Not too shabby. Nothing, not too shabby, which is nothing unusual for Ryanair. They are, are routinely among the, uh, the the industry's profit champs. And uh, yeah, it's more of the same. They gave a, a little bit of a, um, as they always do in these quarterly calls, they gave some additional uh, insight onto how demand looks and supply. And demand, they say, pretty good. Um, there's, you know, people in Europe, it's the economies, you know, throughout Europe hasn't been that stellar, but people are still traveling. The demand is there. Um, and interestingly, it's not just Europeans. They actually, particularly in the spring and summer seasons, you have a lot of Americans who are coming over to Europe that they'll fly over on the British Airways, whatever, and then they'll jump on a Ryanair flight and some someplace within, within the continent. And then same thing for Asia as well. There's Asian tourists moving around the continent during the summer tourist season. So, uh, but in any case, yeah, their uh, demand looks good. And then uh, on the supply side, there's as as we've been talking about ad nauseum. There's so many supply side constraints with with the aircraft. A lot of their competitors are dealing with even more severe aircraft shortages than they, than they are. I mean, Ryanair has its own issues getting their maxes on time. Yeah, but if you look at Wizz Air, for example, they've got these GTF Neos, and they're really, really struggling with that. So, and they uh, say Ryanair says that this is definitely not going to be just a summer 20, 2024 thing. This is going to be here in summer twenty twenty five as well, and perhaps even twenty twenty six and beyond. So, this is they see this as a very long term issue, and it should, you know, they, it's not something they 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 welcome, but it's something that will help them help their yields, help airfares, and, you know, that should help them be more profitable. 
It's a really interesting point you raise about Americans and, and other international visitors trying Reiner, maybe having flown to the continent, transatlantic on a on a more traditional legacy carrier. Uh, and then when they're actually on the ground, it might be a mix of trains and, and local budget carriers, such as Ryanair, EasyJet and the like. And I know from experience, you know, when, I, when I was visiting uh, the Far East, when I was backpacking around, I was thinking, okay, you know, do, do, do I go for a, a name that I know, a, a flag carrier, a, a traditional airline, or do I try one of these newfangled low-cost carriers with all the caveats that they bring, your baggage charges and seat selection and every every airline has its nuance. And uh, yeah, I get the impression that maybe thanks to the likes of Spirit and Frontier and others in the US, um, foreign travelers are a bit more confident in, in trying the local budget airlines. And uh, I've, I've had a number of experiences on low-cost carriers in Europe myself with, with Canadians and South Africans and, and Australians saying, you know what? I was terrified about Ryanair tearing me up at the airport for not having this printed properly or having that bag the right size. But actually, when, when you're on board, it's, it's not too bad at all. Yeah, I, I, I think I've only flown them a handful of times, but I've never had any issues. And I'm, I'm a big flyer of Frontier because they actually, they're the only airline that flies from my little home airport where I live. So uh, I have no problem with those carriers. And yeah, they're well, often- you, use, uh, it, use it or lose it, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're- uh, yeah they're often the price is good and i okay you want to charge me for a bag that's fine and you know that's uh so they uh well it seems to work for ryanair anyway and and i will we'll say about about ryanair one um you know they're sort of famous or infamous for their you know customer service or lack thereof but but in some ways their service is actually very good in the sense and i'm curious here if you agree with this but they their their punctuality is very good. I mean, they often fly from uh, airports that are a little off the beaten path, and yeah. that helps their punctuality. I think they um, you know they do fly to some big airports too, but you know where it's like EasyJet, there's probably a bigger chance you're going to get delayed because so many of their flights are to and from Gatwick and you know big airports like that, busy airports sure. like that. So in that sense, they're you know they're pretty good uh, as far as punctuality, getting you there on time, um, and uh, yeah, they're you know their their airplanes are generally new, and so uh, yeah, it's, I I I think even from a service perspective, there's some there's some up there's some pluses. Yeah, no, they, they they've really pulled up their socks to use a Scottish expression in recent years <laughs> uh, with regards to their customer service. And actually, if you look at their their tagline or one of their taglines right now, um, it's low fares made simple, great fares, great care. They are really emphasizing the fact that yeah, we're not going to get you there. Um, in style, but we will get you there relatively comfortably um, and at a great price. And if things do go wrong, we're not going to give you the red carpet, but we will take care of you. And we're not going to leave you stranded, or at least not for the most part. Um, plenty to, more to discuss on, on Ryanair, including uh, Michael O'Leary's comments uh, on United uh, relating to Scott Kirby's uh, earlier comments with regard to the, the Max 10. Uh, and we can also if we've got time, Jay, we'll try and squeeze in a little bit of JetBlue as well. But that will be in the, the second part of the podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this very short break. Welcome back to the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Smith. And this week, I'm joined by co-host Jay Shabbat. We've been discussing Ryanair, all things Ryanair, and, uh, you know, Jay, what, what, what's your take on summer 2024? We touched on it briefly in part one. Is this looking to be to be Ryanair's summer with Wiz 
on the back foot and an easy jet still not quite where it needs to be? Yeah, it sure looks like that. I mean, the demand looks great. And as, as we said before, the supply is very constrained. So I don't see any issue at all with Ryanair just making its typical, you know, fantastic profit margins uh, this year. <laughs> so there's, uh, I don't think there's, uh, there's too much doubt about that. I think they'll be just fine. Uh, you did refer earlier to, uh, you know, Michael O'Leary saying some nice things about United. Now, th- for those of you who don't know Michael O'Leary, who's the uh, chief executive of Ryanair, he's a very, uh, he's kind of a shy guy who's always very careful of be very polite. And he, <laughs> Never uh, heard of him. Yeah. Shy <laughs> yeah, retiring that. type. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's a different Michael O'Leary. No. Yeah. <laughs> but so, he, he's fantastic. So. You know, the industry, in my opinion, needs even more of these characters. Straight talking. Uh, you know, whenever he opens his mouth, people listen for right or for wrong. He's got fantastic sound bites. And from a journalistic editorial perspective, he, he just, oh, it, it, it's gold. It's absolute gold. And he's, he's a talker, but you know, he he knows how to play the PR machine and he knows how to, to get free publicity and everything else. But actually a lot of, particularly during the pandemic, a lot of his, his quite serious, significant strategic insights were were, were very, very uh, accurate in my opinion. So there's a lot of sense and grounded in a huge amount of experience. For sure. I, I don't have any, uh, you know, any second thoughts about calling him a genius and you know one of one of the industry's uh great great minds uh just what he i mean ryanair is arguably the most successful airline of all time financially it's uh you know maybe you, you say that's southwest but certainly in the last yeah. 20 years ryanair has been a lot better uh but just yeah if you look at in terms of the uh the track record the profitability over the past 20 30 years i mean it's absolutely remarkable and yeah, O'Leary, it's, uh, his calls are very entertaining, if nothing else. And I, I encourage if you haven't listened to any Michael O'Leary calls, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Just, just keep, keep all children uh, away because uh, <laughs> he, may, <laughs> he, he may slip in a couple of uh, profane words here and there. But the, uh, the, the, the only thing, I don't think he, uh, he actually said anything too profane on, the, uh, on Monday's call. The the closest thing, I mean, he did his usual, uh, you know, uh, speaking ill of his uh, of rivals like Wizz Air and EasyJet, and you know, talking about how uh, <laughs> how stupid the European uh, uh, bureaucrats are, and the, uh, the the unions and the air traffic controllers, and this and that. There was all of that. He did uh, interestingly call United stupid this time. <laughs> And, yeah, I've, uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the quote here, if you want to hear it, Jay. Yeah, 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 please. So this is uh, Michael O'Leary, a Rhino CEO, speaking earlier in the week. He said, and I quote, and I must affirm this is, uh, this is Michael O'Leary's quote, not mine. Quote, the stupidity of the United comments last week is that Airbus's order books are full out to 2030. <laughs> if United want to delay or cancel any of those MAX 10s, Ryanair will be the first people into Seattle to talk to Boeing about taking those aircraft. <laughs> and on a more serious note, uh, Ryanair is is a, he really, O'Leary really is uh, genuine in, in. I mean, he wants those planes badly. And by the oh, way, yeah. those Max, yeah, those Max tens, they're they're not getting those for another couple of years. I think it's twenty twenty seven before the first one's supposed to, That's supposed right. to come to twenty seven. So that's um, nothing, you know, real soon. But they they just love the the economics of that aircraft on paper anyway, and the Max. They have a, a little bit of a tweaked version of the Max 8. They call it the 8200. It's got just more densified version. They could stuff more seats into it. They, they love that aircraft too. 
it really is just from an economic perspective, just exactly what what they need. And let's not forget, stepping back a bit, a bit that one of the foundations of Ryanair's success, not the only one, but but certainly an important one, is their relationship with Boeing and the prices that they're able to get on these aircraft. I mean, they're paying. We don't know because this, you know, the, any exact numbers here. This stuff is very under wraps. No, you know. Well, no didn't, O'Leary, didn't, didn't O'Leary once say he wouldn't even tell the Pope right. what he <laughs> what he got the planes for I, from Boeing? I, I, I didn't. I, I never heard that, but it does not surprise me at all that he would say that, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so we don't. So we don't know. Uh, the Pope doesn't know either. But, <laughs> some great, uh, <laughs> some great, some great prices, nonetheless. But some great prices, we can infer that uh, that is a big competitive advantage for them. The prices that they pay probably significantly less than their competitors. So uh, keep keep that in mind when you wonder. You know, how is Boeing so successful? Sorry, how is Ryanair so successful? Mm. Uh, that that's a big reason. Absolutely. And uh, O'Leary had some some comments uh, about United, but he also has more positive comments about the leadership team at Boeing, a bit of a bit of an endorsement, which I think would be very, very welcome at the moment. And he said, and I quote, it is critical, we believe, to Boeing's continued performance that we support Dave Calhoun and Brian West. I have concerns about the management in Seattle. You have to throw I that have in a, there. <laughs> yes, but I have a lot of confidence in Cohen and West. I think they're on the right track. So interpret that as you will, listeners. He's, he's given a rousing endorsement of, of Dave and Brian, but there were maybe some names that were more, maybe more notable by their absence, Jay. I'll leave you to, to speculate about who those were. Um, let's just touch very briefly on the uh, the online travel agents, the OTAs, as we call them in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan has been having a quite a high profile dispute with some of them uh, with regards to what we call screen scraping, where these OTAs will go into Ryanair, take the fares and sell them on their platforms. And there's been a big dispute about whether that's legal or not. In fact, an Irish court prohibited the practice uh, in December where these travel agencies were scraping a Ryanair product without the right authorization. Um, O'Leary actually said on the on the call earlier in the week that they're going to now take a bit of a financial hit, at least in the short term, because these OTAs, despite the fact that Ryanair and them didn't really get along, they were still delivering bums on seats. Right, that was that was a prominent theme uh, from the the uh, calendar Q4 earnings uh, call that that O'Leary did. Um, he calls them the online travel agencies OTA. He calls them the OTA pirates, and yar. they <laughs> yar, and they uh, are what he calls, as you mentioned, screen scraping. So basically, they're just they're grabbing content from Ryanair's website and essentially reselling them. And I, what do they say? They, uh, just looking at their own verbiage here, but it says, you know, they, uh, they, via their websites, they, they sell them to customers who then overcharge and scam them with hidden markups on airfares and ancillary services, and also with invented fees for non-existent services, such as flexible or refundable fares. Pirates damage Ryanair's brand. It goes on and on. So yeah, they, um, in December, they, uh, they suddenly stopped doing it. Um, and I don't know if that was in response to the court stuff you mentioned, the court rulings or whatever, but they suddenly stopped. And that, um, that did have a material impact on, on the quarters, uh, you know, total bookings and, and, and load factors, load factors, yields, whatnot. Um, but Ryanair's like, we, yeah, it hurt us for the quarter a little bit, but we don't care. Like, we're just happy to, you know, have them stop. And we're glad that they, they stopped doing that. 
and yeah. a, a short term hit, you might say. A short, a very short term hit. This is yeah. you know, this is a plus for us. And and in fact, they're going back now and negotiating consensual deals with some of these OTAs. There was one that was called uh, I have it in front of me. It was like a love holidays. And love never, holidays and Kiwi. Do, do you Kiwi, know that? Kiwi, I never Kiwi. heard of that. As well. Kiwi.com. Yeah. Are you, I never heard of love holidays, but in Europe, maybe is, are they big or? Uh, they're growing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not the target market, but you see the ads around and yeah, they'll, 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 they'll certainly appeal to a certain customer. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think the, they are probably in the top five in terms of OTAs across some, some major European markets, including the UK. Yeah, but, I did uh, see EasyJet had a presentation today about their holidays, and, and I noticed they mentioned them as like, yeah, in the top five. So I was yeah. surprised to me. But in any case, yeah, Reiner. So Reiner went and did, you know, they actually have contracts with these now these companies now. So they uh, they said, oh, yeah, now, they'll now receive a direct feed from the Ryanair.com website. Whereby, thereby eliminating unlicensed screen scraping and digital piracy. So I think, uh, you know, in summary, that situation was one that concerned Ryanair, but it's now getting better. More than a few comments online about the, the richness of Ryanair calling out <laughs> other organizations for dodgy fees and not being completely transparent. But uh, as, we, as we've said, they've, they've certainly cleaned up their act in terms of customer service and uh, just generally being a nicer airline to fly and a more transparent airline to fly. So, uh, yeah, we will see what uh, the next quarter brings, but it's it's shaping up to be quite a nice 2024 for, for Ryanair, at least at this very early stage. Jay, conscious of the time, let's touch very briefly on JetBlue before we go, because huge things happening there at the, at the New York's hometown airline, as they call it. Uh, they've been grappling with rising costs, new labor contracts, engine issues, uh, plus some some trouble at the top in terms of in terms of the boardroom. What was your, your your take there, Jay? Right, right. A lot, a lot of um, just been been a uh, one thing after another for JetBlue. Sure. Bad news after bad news. They had the uh, their alliance with American struck down by a court. They had their merger plan with Spirit struck down by a court, and then this week they announced uh, what was a negative two percent operating margin for the fourth quarter, which left them with a uh, basically just below break even operating result for the full year. So that is not uh, that's not what they wanted for a year in which demand was pretty good. Fuel prices were down. Uh, you know, American Delta United, uh, even Southwest, which has their own issues, had had an operating profit. So not a good situation. I'll uh, yeah, just because we're uh, running low on time, I'll just mention uh, two two data points here. Sure. So Q4 year over year, their unit cost excluding fuel increased by 8%. Their passenger unit revenues decreased by 8%. So both of those are just going in the wrong direction and they need to do something. And make sure to read, if you read Airline Weekly, you'll get a summary of what they're thinking, what they plan to do. We're all going to get an even clearer picture, and I believe in May, a couple later this spring, they're going to do an investor day. By the way, a lot of airlines are scheduling investor day events. And these are these big three, four hour affairs where management will do you know big deep dives into their business and talk about what's next. So JetBlue is going to hold one of those. And they're teasing all sorts of stuff, including a they, they said that they're going to do, and I want to read you their exact words here. Um, if I can find it, but basically they said they're going to, all right, additional quote unquote, additional product offerings 
we could introduce that tap into a broader spectrum of customers. And then they said uh, it could be both in terms of how we sell, but also the actual hard product itself, which another, you know, too, too long to talk about it now, but mm. makes me think that they can go in one of two interesting directions here. They can maybe introduce a traditional first class Alaska Airlines like first class product. Yeah, you know, yeah. They have Mint, which is more of a, you know, very you know, the transcon, transatlantic. Um, but it could be just sort of a simpler first class product. Or they can introduce a spirit like, you know, ultra dense type thing, maybe the last couple of rows or something like that. So very interesting to see what they have in mind. Plenty to discuss yeah. for another day. And Joanna's entry as the, yep. the incoming CEO yep, is yep. overflowing. And that's before she's, she's even got behind the desk. Jay, thank you, as always, for your insights. Incredibly valuable, uh, particularly so at this busy time of year with, with all the earnings data coming our way. Uh, I think off the top of my head, we've got SkyWest, Sun Country, uh, Allegiant, Frontier, all coming up in the, in the next few days, certainly as we're recording now midweek. We will keep you abreast of, of all of that uh, at Airline Weekly. And don't forget, you can always contact us via email. My address is GS, that's G for Gordon, S for Smith at skift.com. And J is available at J for J and S for Shabbat at skift.com. Thank you again, Jay. Uh, we'll yeah. be uh, speaking again next week. Thanks, Gordon, and thanks everyone for listening. Absolutely, wherever you are in the world. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. Check out airlineweekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week.